0: okay this is episode six of Leaside lives podcast i'm jordan and my guest today is uh, willie mccarthy cork jockey currently based in the u.s and uh, willie thanks for taking time out today to uh, to speak to me i guess there's only one place to start really um you know we're in a pandemic the the, the world not just um, here in ireland or the usa the whole world i suppose is in a state of crisis a state of panic um what's the current situation on the racing scene in america
1: uh, the currency uh, scene for steeplechasing. I will speak for firstly, um, jump racing um, has been pretty much cancelled right the way through the spring. A couple of the meets are after uh, rescheduling are out for um, later in May and sometime in June. Um, but we have quite we've had quite a few cancellations now, which is very unfortunate. Um, so those race meets began for the season obviously, but. Um, so we have, uh, I think, uh, potentially I think something at the end of May and a couple in June. Uh, but me, personally, my own opinion, I can't see us racing before Sarthog. I mean, if that would be the, I mean, it, being optimistic, I'd say I'd say Sarthog.
0: Okay, which that's is that's only
1: my opinion, but um, that's that's the middle of July. Okay, uh,
0: that's
1: my opinion on it. And uh, f- as regards track racing, the flat racing over here. Um aqueduct shut down uh yesterday. Somebody some one of the workers on the backside, um, the employees live at the tracks over here, Jordan. So one of the employees at on the backside um picked up the virus, so that whole place had to shut down. Um another racing in Florida still, uh Stream, Tampa racing. So I think there's there's probably about ten racetracks still racing here. Um and I believe, you know, obviously behind closed doors also. Um same as they're doing in Ireland, and uh, I just think for for um for the sport of, of horse racing in general, I think the longer they can race behind doors, closed doors, and 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 do it in in a safe manner and and follow the protocols uh, to the highest standard, um, I think this could be actually a positive for horse racing in the sense that there's no other sports on TV to watch. Sure, uh, there's no other sports to bet on. Um, and I, I'd like to think that you know, if you go home, Jordan, this weekend, right, and and you've no soccer to watch, you've no rugby to watch, you like watching sport. I mean, we we are look. Like, I mean, as human beings, we do enjoy watching sport. Um, a, a high majority of us, and um, you're going to turn on horse racing, and hopefully, if that happens this weekend, and next weekend, and the weekend after, and it's the only thing you get to watch, I would like to think that someone from the general public who was somewhat ignorant to horse racing and the ins and outs of it. Would understand more about it and um, pick up a better knowledge for it and hopefully um, gain some passion for it and understand that players get injured in soccer at the weekends, players get injured playing rugby, and unfortunately, sometimes in horse racing, we have our players get injured also, and uh, that's the downside of it. And, and, and hopefully, that would kind of soften it to them if they're seeing it a little bit more often rather than reading it in a newspaper that some horses had an accident and it's a fatality and it just sounds so bad. So, I mean. With that said, I think that at the moment, if people can only watch horse racing, um, it can only be a positive for
0: our sport, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a very good point. And as well, I think the the thing is that horse racing, um, while it is a sport, it's also an industry. It's a way of life for people like yourself and trainers. like So even if racing is cancelled for oil, horses still need to be looked after.
1: Of course, Jordan. Um, just in the same thing, what, what are you going to do if horse racing is cancelled? I mean... That's it's the same for you as for me. You're you believe it or not, you're in the industry also, and um,
0: yes. you
1: know with hard your podcast and and your following of of racing. Um, you know, for all of us, it's it's so important that um that we can keep racing going, and 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 I say it in the safe manner because um obviously you know the, the most important thing is your your health is your wealth, and that's the same for all of us. So um you know you have to um keep the people's health to the forefront. But as long as we can keep racing and, and in a safe manner, it's it's good for you and me, but it's very good for 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 the sport of, of horse racing. Because um debating the the betting also, like the betting uh, the handles over here, I know the, the betting handles that have been on the racetracks here uh the last few days have been through the roof. Just because people like having a bet. People uh like watching sport and and, and that's what they don't know. They're watching horse racing and having a bet on it so um, it'll be a positive for the sport as long as we can keep it going.
0: Yeah, in a strange sense, yeah, something good could come with this as well. Like, but as you said, um, you know, people's health is the most important thing. How is it all affecting your daily routine? I mean, are you still in and out to, to the yard riding out and whatnot?
1: Yeah, Jordan, I'm honestly I'm. There's a negative and there's a positive to everything, right? And um, you know the huge negatives at the moment, the coronavirus. Um, I don't know how it's affecting the world. Um how it's affecting your job, how it's affecting my job, how it's affecting everybody, right? Um, My positive out of this is I work in an industry where I still get out of bed every morning. I go out to my job. I'm doing somewhat the same sort of things, right, Um, every day. My daily routine hasn't really changed too much. But for the rest of the world, everybody else's world has been turned upside down. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. I'm very lucky. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I say, my my daily routine is still pretty much the same. I'm getting up, um, I'm writing out. I work for uh, Jack Fisher, uh, in Maryland, and um, we have about uh 35 steeplechasers in training for the season. And um, up until, I suppose, um, going away from your question, um, up until last weekend, we had somewhere to go with all of them where we we're going racing. Uh, you know, we were two weeks off of uh, off of running them all. Um, but at the moment, they're all just ticking over now. So, so um, I'm, I'm still getting up out of bed. I, I'm going to work. I'm riding up my horses, um, living some sort of a normal life. And uh, that's huge for me. I mean, uh, um, and, and even mentally, you know, just all this time off might sound well and good and getting up out of bed, um, rolling down the stairs and hanging around in your pajamas all day, watching movies. But, like, do that for a couple of weeks, you're going to be going berserk. you know? Um, I'm very lucky. I still kind of get to live my life. And... Uh, a somewhat normal matter and, uh, or normal manner and long may it continue hopefully yeah, we can keep uh, keep the show on the road and hopefully they'll find the um, you know the, the only way I see this all changing is when they find a vaccine for it and there's no, there's no timeline on that I mean and, and that could be a while but I pray to God I mean that they find it in the next couple of months and um, we can all get back to, to living normal lives in the not too distant
0: future yes fingers crossed um, moving away from the from the COVID-19, um, I mean the sport of horse racing, it is it, it's a magical sport and I mean the Irish connection with it is really special, you could probably argue that it's our national sport in one sense but wherever you go in the world like whether you're watching racing in the States watching the Derby in Epsom, the Arc de Triumph in Paris, the Melbourne Cup in Australia Cheltenham in, in recent weeks there's an Irish man there like involved whether it's a jockey trainer or groom what breed or whatever, like there's just something about it, Um Talk to me about how you came to be involved in horse racing, first of all, Willie.
1: Um, I learned to ride at my uncles, uh, my grand, my grandparents' uh, farm in Bellyhooly, the Lombards. Um, Tom Lombard, uh, Johnny Lombard, who um, passed away a couple of years ago. Um, Jim Lombard, who died of a racing accident back in the 80s. And David Lombard, they were all jockeys anyway, um, all point-to-point riders. Uh, my grandfather, uh Billy Lumber, was a breeder. And um so I learned to ride on the farm there. We go out to the races every weekend watching Tom and Johnny racing. And um I just grew a passion for for horses, um, first of all, and um grew a huge passion for the for the horse racing and being a jockey. Uh then as I grew a little bit older and um I just I, I idolized my uncles, you know, they were they were my super... You know, superstars when I was growing up. So I was kind of um, wanted to wanted to be a jockey. That was I was I was one of I was what I what I thought about the only thing I wanted to do. And um, so I learned that that's where I got the passion for it. I learned to ride in like I said, and went to school in Mala. Um Got when I, when I were in my teens, I suppose I started to ride out for um, Eugene O'Sullivan down in Lumberstone. Um, Who's like you know that that was the most local trainer to me and um, believe it or not at the time um, in the yard like Eugene has had put some some jockeys through his hands now like in, some people don't even realise it but there was a couple of lads in the yard now that time we were all kind of starting out they were um, you know maybe a little bit ahead of me I was kind of the next uh, generation down but uh, two lads that hadn't hadn't even ridden a point to point winner at this stage uh, one was Derek O'Connor. You might run a lad from Galway, right? amazing, and yes. the other lad, the, the other lad hadn't ridden uh, a point to point winner either. And uh, he's a man from Yall, you might know him, David Russell.
0: Amazing, so, yes, yeah.
1: Unbelievable, like you know. So I used to go riding out, um, you know, on the weekends and the time off there. Um, Eugene and um, Fiona used to run a tight operation there at uh, Corroboree, and uh, Eugene and Maxine. No, I mean that's brilliant. What happened with them last week? That was amazing.
0: Yeah, when you saw, so,
1: yeah, so um, sidetracking tracking off the story, but yeah, I used to go and ride out there on a the Saturday uh, or the, or the time off and um, kind Pint of graduated and into riding uh, point of points, sat riding point of points for uh, Donald Dargan. He's a, a good friend of mine. He's a farrier. He trains a few point of pointers. and um, just started picking up point to point rides, then around Cork and Waterford, and um, one on uh, one of the family horses. Then was my first winner. Uh, he was owned by Tom actually and uh, brought a winner in the, the family silks the Lombard silks around Kildallery um, that's yeah. good for years ago now and the horse went on to do well actually he's a horse called Hannah River he went down and won a good few chases in England after but um, that was my start into um, racing I did you know, pony racing I mean I left that bit I would have pony racing obviously before I did the pint of pints um, my father uh, used to drive me the Linton and bread of the country we had a horse called Little Toph. Um he was a retired uh, race horse He was an ex racer with Aston Leahy but we had him for the pony racing after and he was a great horse. Um taught me a lot about racing and went to um push the button at the end and all and uh just um just grew up with a massive passion for horse racing you know I I fell in love with it from a young age and uh I suppose I can say I feel very lucky that the passion I showed for it as a kid. Um you know here thirty years later Jordan I'm uh I'm still living my dream and anyway. I like not a lot of people get to say that and uh I'm at the other side of the world doing it. So yeah, it's it's been uh it's been a good gig for me up to now anyway. I'm I'm a lucky man and it's brought me to the other side of the world. I have seen a lot of places because of uh of the path I chose.
0: Yeah, well, that's brilliant to hear, like, and, um, I mean, you would have ridden winners in Ireland, in Britain as well, you spent a few years there, but eventually you moved to the to the United States, there was a great opportunity to go there, but it's interesting as well, I think one of your uncles or granduncles would have been training in the States many years ago as well, like, there's an element of faith to it, like, isn't there?
1: Yeah, yeah, um, there is an element of faith to it, for sure, I mean, I grew up here and of this, uh, man to went to the States and, um, you know, did so well for himself. Um, his name was John Lumberd also, Johnny Lumberd. And um, so, I mean, I always kind of had some sort of a place in my heart for, for America, um, the American dream and, uh, you know, the the faraway hills, um, if you like to say. Um, so um, I suppose, like you said, like uh, many years later, me being over here working in the same industry um, as my my he'd be my great great grand uncle, um, John Lombard, and uh, yeah, I suppose it's funny the way the old wheel turns around many generations later. Um, unluckily oh, that man, uh, his him and his family were were killed in a a car accident, um, here in the states, and uh, yeah, they um there was one of the kids lived. He's a doctor in Dublin now, but um, that was I remember that was devastating for you know hearing those stories, um. For the family, I mean, it was devastating for, for his mother and, uh, and his whole family. So, uh, yeah, I suppose it's kind of special to be out here uh, for me in, in that sense, to um, maybe be reliving his dream a little bit, uh, working in the same industry and, and, and doing pretty well.
0: Absolutely. How did the, I suppose, the opportunity to go to the States first come about? Like, I think it was a contact from an owner or a trainer there, was it?
1: Yeah, um, I, was, I was in... I was still racing in England um I'd probably been racing both I think I spent about 5 years in England but um everything's was starting to dry up for me a little bit over there and uh, uh good rides were f- are you know few and far between um so I was kind of starting to a little get a little bit um bit te- off with it really you know, I was you know not really enjoying it that much so an opportunity came up for um one of the trainers here in America a man called Jimmy Day actually he's an Irishman, but he trains out here now as well Wexford man, Um, he was looking for a jockey to fill in for his uh, rider had got injured or something and there was two months left in the season, so he contacted the Jockeys Association in England and uh, asked if any of the riders would be interested in coming out, so I was already thinking about, you know, maybe making a change myself, and luckily I was the first one that um, Claire Hazel in the office called, and uh, that's that's where I started, and here we know yeah I came out to ride for Jimmy day rode for him for for the, for the last couple of months I had a few winners and I just sat straight away uh, I thought like this is this is where I want to be and uh this is where the dream is for for, for me um and I know I you know I spent a couple of months out here I knew I'd be able to come out here and settle and there was a lot of Irish people out here in in, in the jump racing as well so uh it became a home away from home um quite quickly for me. So I am lucky. I've seen a lot of riders come and go out here, uh Jared, since I've been here. Um, you know, I'm lucky I've been able to come out here and settle um and be happy out here. So um you know, I'm lucky it's worked out like that for me, like I said
0: Yes. So Butler Maryland is your new home and you're you said you're based at the yard of Jack Fisher, which is a, a big operation. Um how how long did it take you to adjust? Like how different is US racing to, to Irish racing, British racing say?
1: Um it's a good bit different um in the for the simple reason that the tracks are, are very small um out here, tight, tight tracks, fast racing. Um the ground's hard here. Um so the majority of racing, I'd say in Europe, um questions the stam- uh, horse's stamina and it'll question the horse's jumping, um be it uh, hurdling or chasing. Um sometimes that you know, those boxes don't really get questioned out here. Um, when you go to the likes of Saratoga, that's like um, like a flat race with speed bumps. Um, I'm sure I think uh Tony, Tony McCoy described it as a flat race with speed bumps, um, one time, and and that's what it is. You know, the stamina or, or 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 jumping are not really tested here, so that'll kind of give you an idea of you know what the racing scene is like over here. Like I said, it's more like I find it like uh, car racing sometimes that you know saving the ground and um, you know saving every inch and, and, and making a move at the right time um, is very important in, in in our racing here where sometimes um, there's a lot more var- variables in the racing in Europe with the soft ground and stamina tracks or maybe you know speed horse tracks um, you know horses jumping also um, so our racing is uh is a lot different it's um it's fast and, and furious <laughs> but i like it i mean it suited me um it took my probably it took me a bit of time to, to adjust to the style of riding here and saving ground and all that but um i picked it up um i had a lot of help from from some of the, the good riders out here like um you know before me like uh, Jonathan smart he was uh he was a great writer to ride for for Jonathan Shepard out here. Um, uh, Arch Kingsley, he's a trainer. Uh, he was a good jockey. Jack Fisher helped me, um, and um, you know, I just had a bunch. Of, uh, Paddy Young, Paddy Young, who's I mean, he's probably the most famous Irish writer to to come here in the last the last decade. That's um, he uh, he helped me a lot. So that's that's kind of. I mean, it, it took me a while to adapt, but um, watching the good riders, I would say for for any young rider or anybody learning, you know, um, different racing style, uh, watch how the good guys do it, or, or watch the watch the replays of how they ride their races, and that's kind of how I uh, how I keep learning all the time, and, and and still continue to learn in this game, Jordan.
0: Well, you certainly did adapt because you became champion jockey out there in twenty fourteen. Like that must have been a major milestone for you at the time.
1: Massive milestone. Massive milestone. Um, I suppose, I, maybe it was just me, but I'd like to think that any young rider or us kind of has a dream of being a, a champion jockey sometime. And I don't know, from a very young age, I always wanted to be a champion jockey. Um, I used to watch racing at home, watch uh, Tony McCoy racing, Richard Dunwoody racing, thinking I was going to be that champion jockey. I didn't realise that it was going to be many years later and in a, in a totally different country. Uh, but, uh, I did get to be champion, jockey uh, in 2014, and um, I'm very proud to the, that I did, I did get to be one of the select few that, that did it. I'm very lucky, very lucky to have to have been able to achieve it, and uh, had a lot of good support on the way, Jordan. <laughs>
0: You've been associated with some nice horses as well. I mean, you've won some big grade one races in the States, but I'm, I'm sure the horse you love above them all is snap decision, like who we'll gave you your greatest day in racing. Um, Only just before Christmas, really, when you won the Foxbrook Champion Hurdle at Far Hills. Like, what an occasion that was. Your family, some of your family were there as well, I think.
1: Yeah, massive day. That was, Jordan. Uh Very special day for me. We spoke about my... my um, my past relative uh, John number being in the states here and that day honestly uh, in new jersey when snap decision won the champion hurdle like just being here um in 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 the united states of america with my family surrounding me um on a massive occasion for me as uh, you know that was a huge uh, career high for me winning the champion hurdle on on and um horse like snap decision and uh yeah, I mean to have my family here on the same day like that was you couldn't write it. It was amazing, amazing, um, amazing feeling, and uh, blessed to have a have a, a you know a partner like Snap decision to to do it with. Like he's he's an unbelievable horse. Um, but like I said, I think I talked to you last um, last spring or, or early early in the summer last year, and um, you know he hadn't really done much at that stage. But um, he's he's the best horse I've ever ridden. Like and and I know from pretty much the first time I sat on him like he just felt different like he was he's he's like uh, he's a powerhouse like um, general just relentless speed uh, um, amazing jumper and uh, he's got he ticks all the boxes if honestly if um, if you saw this horse now the way he's looking at the moment like uh, he wouldn't look out of place below in, in Colmore alongside the stallions like he's he's oh. a beautiful horse beautiful looking horse and he's uh, he's the perfect image of uh of a great race horse um you know he he really is is he, he's, he's something to be really looking forward to for for the future. He's uh he's mm-hmm. four for his last four races you now. He's he's pretty impressive, right?
0: And he's still quite young. Like so, I know everything is up in the air at the moment, but maybe in a year or two's time we'll um, see him at a, a Cheltenham or an Entry or a Punches Town, perhaps.
1: Possibly. I mean, it hasn't been done for for a few quite a few years um now. But um me personally, um I haven't ridden over over in, in ireland and england um I, I i think he's good enough to to be there and, and line up there some at some point if um if the owners fancy it and uh, if it fitted in with the with this uh, u.s racing schedule um he's certainly be good enough to take part over there i know whether it'll ever happen or not i don't know hopefully mm-hmm.
0: okay we shall see um, I suppose, look, it's great to talk about the successes and that, but um, when you take out your jockey's license, like there is a high risk of injury, particularly when you're racing over obstacles. And you yourself, Willie, you had a, a horrific injury only, what, two or three years ago. Talk to me about that and how you over, overcame that. Like, uh,
1: 2017, Jordan, I had um pretty bad fall at Philadelphia Park. I was riding in a hurdle rest there, and I had a fall at the second hurdle. And I was at, at the front, um, at, fr- at the front of the pack, if you like. And I ended up falling in front of the. Uh, I think it was only a twelve-horse field, but I got trampled anyway, and I got busted up. I was knocked unconscious. Um, I had a little bit of bleeding under brain, uh, punched, uh, broke five ribs, punched my lung, um, fractured two vertebrae, uh, brought my foot, and the pretty much the worst injury I had out of all of them. Was uh, my heart stood into my armpit and um, <coughs> I nearly lost my arm. Um, huh. I had an arm chopped off me, uh, which was horrendous injury uh, to deal with recovering um, pretty sore. But um, So, look, uh, yeah, that was a lot of injuries at once. I, I broke a lot of bonds in the past, no, I- I'm not going to lie. Uh, it kind of comes as part and parcel of the job, but that was a lot of injuries, Jordan, to deal with at once. And um, I remember being in the hospital for that um i was in hospital for for over a week and uh being in i remember being in so much pain and just thinking like i'm never doing this again like i was like no way am i ever getting up on a Like when you're in that much pain you think like this is this is not worth it you know it's not worth it like and um only a couple of months before that um i mean i just spoke about not long ago Paddy young had a horrific um uh, brain injury, and uh, he's still recovering from that. But um, when I was laying there in the hospital, thinking to myself, um, he's the best that's has done it in 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 the sport out here, and uh, how simple you know accidents can happen. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I felt lucky in one sense, even though I was in a bunch of pain myself. I felt lucky that my head was alright, and um, I just didn't feel like doing it again. And um, I was off injured recovering for six months from that one jordan and uh while i was off i had a lot of time to reflect on how i was handling myself as a rider not hand, handling myself as an individual and just kind of pinpointing the mistakes i may have been making with life in in general with um with uh, being you know a jockey um You know, I really had a lot of time to reflect on what I was doing and and maybe mistakes that I might be making. And as the healing process continued and I started to feel better and started to feel stronger, the heart started to grow in Jordan and I started thinking, I'm not ready to stop. Like, I still love doing, um, I don't want to stop racing because of an, an accident. I want to stop racing when I want to stop racing. And like I said to you, having that time off to kind of pinpoint the mistakes I was making. And I mean, the biggest one of them was, was my fitness as, as a rider. Um, you know, I wasn't taking that serious enough. And I kind of got sidetracked when I, um, became champion jockey. And I got some money together, I, I got sidetracked, you know, I bought a house and I was on working on all these projects around the house. And then the racing came around and, and, and I wasn't fit. And I just thought, I, I kind of thought that I'd climbed the ladder enough that it was going to be easy from now on. I didn't have to, you know, concentrate on it. And uh, I mean, anybody can get a fall, but, um, you know, I definitely know by my results um, and, and and my statistics from from that time that uh, my head wasn't in the game properly. And um, I figured that in that six months recovery, I thought, look, if I'm going to go back and I'm going to do it, this is it's not for the faint hearted um, you know you, you got to have your head screwed on. It's, it's one of the most dangerous sports in the world mm. um and if you're doing it you got to be 100% 110% into it and that 110% that extra 10% that was going to be um, being being fit and um, that that you know that that helps the mental the mental health um, health as well you know um, my training it, it just made me so strong physically and made me so strong mentally that I knew I was going to the races uh, prepared, and, and that's what changed me as a rider, like that, actually that fall, for me, Jordan, was the kick up the arse I needed to you know, um, turn my career around, and I've been climbing a good ladder now since I've, I've come back from the injury in 2017, um, I've had plenty of success, um, I've had, a lot of, um, had a lot of winners at Saratoga, like that's our big stage over here, and I've like I said to you, like last year, I've just picked up the horse of my lifetime anyway, um, as a rider, snap decision is, you know, he's the best horse I'm ever going to ride. So with that said, like, I think the best years are ahead of me, hopefully, you know, I got a few more years in this, um, now that I'm really watching how, how it, I kind of control my, my life, um, in and out of racing and, and, uh, being fit and doing the Pilates and all that stuff is, um, is, is going to be a huge help to me. So yeah, I can definitely prolong it and, um, keep my head keep my head in the game
0: for another while anyway yeah well that is amazing like I mean you mentioned the injuries there like I mean one of those would have been bad enough that alone a half dozen of them all together like but um, sports people are so resilient like that's an example there now of the highest degree like but I'm thinking of a man from your from the same generation of you as well who raced under Cork Waterford point to point fields Davey Russell like who was a friend and rival of yours like he had has, has had his setbacks as well but keeps bouncing back like it's I oh, just think it's incredible like the jockeys putting their necks on the line every day but you know, nothing seems to faze them. You know,
1: yeah. Um, they're a rare breed, right? I suppose uh, the good lads. Um, I suppose the real, the real good riders. Um, you know, the real standout guys over the year, years. Um, are the fellas that can have the horrific injuries? Maybe um, because, like I say, it's inevitable in this game. You are going to have injuries, and, and sometimes they're going to be pretty bad. But the real standout guys are the fellas that can that can have those injuries. Um, First of all, uh, physically recover from them. And secondly, to be able to go back out there and perform at a high level. Not all of them are able to come back and do that. Like So yeah. I take my hat off to any of them to, that uh, come back from injuries in, in, into a game. Uh, like I said, it's, it's one of the most dangerous sports in the world. So your heart definitely has to be in
0: it, Jardim. Definitely. definitely. And you're, you're a fine example of that. Like I mean, like coming back from that injury is, is something else. But coming back to to race again and to win grade one races and to find a horse of a lifetime is uh, an incredible story. I think it sounds like it sounds like you're really happy where you're at in life. You're, you're loving life in the States. I get that sense, you know?
1: Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. Like, like I said to you earlier, like um, when I was six years old, I wanted to be um, with horses all the time and I wanted to be a jockey and um, no, I'm a jockey in America many years later and I'm, I'm living my dream anyway so yeah, no, life is good for me and um, horse racing has brought me to the other side of the world, it's brought me um, all around Europe and I've got to meet the last, uh, an awful lot of interesting people um, and I've made an awful lot of good friends um, through horse racing so I mean some people picked up the books and, and studied and became doctors and um, you know, some people were became Gardash Con and whatever, you know, people got all different avenues. Um, but I'm I, I can definitely say that I'm very happy doing what I'm doing and uh, and I'm glad I, I set out on that pet many years ago. Yeah, I'm having a I'm living the dream that
0: <laughs> I absolutely that's great. And I, I usually ask the guests like what makes them tick, but that that you know, you just answer that question, I think like what motivates you, what brings you joy on a daily basis, it's working with horses and working with horses like a snap decision, I think, yeah.
1: Yeah no no yeah uh, work, working uh, with the horses I see, I have I've a massive um, passion for the horses I, I, I love being around them um, and uh, animals in general I just love being around any animals um, dogs and cats but uh, I mean at the moment it, it's the safest place to be being around the animals at the moment <laughs> in my because we can't be around each other uh, with the coronavirus <laughs> we have to stay apart. Uh, but like, like 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 I said, I mean, I I find myself no also. I mean, I can. There's a there's always, you know, in, in in a negative, there's there's always a positive, and and sometimes you don't always see them. But I find myself in an industry where I'm I'm pretty much in isolation all day. I mean, I work with with animals, and um, I'm never I'm not going into an office with fifty different people. So, yeah. you know, um, that's my positive. Like I said, you know, I, I I get to kind of continue my life and with some more normality, um. You know, with our you know current situation with the coronavirus, uh, I'm very lucky to live my life like this. Yeah,
0: um, I'm sure you miss some things about your your home county. Um, you you were home recently. though. You were back in Ireland for kind of the winter period, weren't you?
1: I was. Yeah, I was back there uh, for a couple of months. I came back uh, at the end, at the middle of November, and um, I was around there till the end of January. But uh, I, um it was nice to get back there for a couple of months and uh, live at home and be at home for, for a while rather than just coming back to visit. Um, so and I'm lucky li- li- like that um, as well. You know, I can kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh, I love living in the States here. Um have a great time over here and have a lot of good friends over here. But uh, likewise, it's nice to get home for a couple of months during the winter. And I'm very lucky. Like I said, um, I feel very lucky in life to be able to do that. Uh, go back uh, and live at home in Ireland for, for a couple of months during the winter and be with my family, be around my friends. And um, go on, right out at Eugene Sullivan's. or um, I rode out a little bit of Joseph O'Brien's.
0: Ah.
1: You know, I was living the dream, riding horses, you know? <laughs> yes. Living
0: the
1: dream, I'm happy doing that, whatever it is.
0: <laughs> what was it like riding at Joseph O'Brien's now? Because I've heard something about his setup up there. And it's, on, it's on a hill like, isn't it? What's the, what's the impact on training horses on that kind of um, a landscape, you know?
1: Yeah, um, it was it was interesting, like um, to see how, how how he does it. Because I mean, obviously his 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 record speaks for itself. Like he's doing a fantastic job. But um, yeah, he's an amazing gallop. He's up the side of a uh, real steep. It's, it's like a mountain really, to be honest with you. And um, he doesn't really go. You know, he doesn't have to take the horses too fast. And um, they kind of get the the work out of the hill out of the incline. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's on a wood chip surface, but. It's very well managed, uh, the whole operation there. I think there's there's about 120 people employed there uh, altogether. together, and um, very you know, no stone unturned operation. Uh, you know, he's got some very good people working for him. Uh, Brendan Powell, look, he's another man there. Um, he's he's one of his right hand men up there, and uh, yeah, he runs a very good operation, Joseph. Yeah, I was uh, I was lucky to get to to get to see how he runs the show. To be honest with you, I was um. Less to get the right out there.
0: And uh, you mentioned Eugene O'Sullivan there as well, a man who had Cheltenham Festival success with uh, it came to pass last week as well, which is fantastic. fantastic. But um, he's um, a, a real force to be reckoned with on the point to point fields as well, like producing quality horses, isn't he? He
1: is. I'll tell you, no, Jordan, that um, Maxine winning, where it came to pass last week, I watched that like um, a family member, honestly. Like the, the Sullivans would be very close to me. Uh, I like I said, I grew up right out there a, a, as a child, and um I had success for Eugene the point of points and on the track and I always had a huge respect for them for the for the whole lot of them william and um and on god rest them um uh, so like watching that race last week uh, the sh- it, first of all the shock of it <laughs> you
0: know, they
1: were they were shocked themselves, but like Amazing. Like, honestly, I remember when uh, lovely citizen won, won with William there uh, 29 years ago. Uh, I just remember being around Glantan, like, around the village and around Guthrou, like, the parties and celebrations. Like, it was massive. That's probably, maybe, I mean, that's probably where I started to, to get a huge passion for it as well. I could see, like, what horse racing meant to our general um, um, area, like, People like just adored horse racing, and I remember home like that just being a huge thing. I remember uh, in Go Shrew, um outside the pub they had uh, chalked on the road or they painted on the road "Welcome home, uh, lovely citizen William William Sullivan from Cheltenham." It was it's just amazing. I remember cycling the bike up there like I was only a child at the time, like thinking like this is this is a homecoming here. Like this is what that's probably gave me a lot of passion for horse racing, but. Um, Maxine and Eugene winning that last week. Like, you couldn't write it. And I'd say, oh, God rest him. No, there was a fair party going on somewhere. And there was uh, a <laughs> lot of uh, horse racing friends gone before us. No, my grandfather being one of them. And I'd say they were watching down having an old drop. <laughs> <Yeah. That'd make laughs> and having, like, he'd have been one proud man to, to see that. And I'm sure he was watching from somewhere. God rest him. Uh,
0: yes. Amazing
1: occasion. Delighted for Maxine. Uh, she rides like she's a great rider, Maxine. Um she rode that horse like that was that was a brilliant ride. She came yeah. a brilliant ride, you know, and um uh, you just see a horse like him, look, he was 66 to 1, but you see situations like that, a horse and a rider band like that, and and uh, he ran away above his odds, obviously, like but but for that reason, like she got a great tune out of him. He jumped so well for her, travelled well everywhere, she kept him out of trouble and uh, she came down over the last two fences more impressive than the Gold Cup winner. Like he pinged down over the last two. Like I was yeah. honestly I was jumping with Like I called Maxine the next day uh, to congratulate her. Like and I told her, like I was so proud of her. Like it was an amazing achievement, amazing achievement for for any rider. And uh especially someone I know uh, and and not, not in the family so well. I, I was I was really proud. Yes,
0: yes. And I mean it hit home again, like I mean, the winner was Ridden by a corkman, trained by a corkman, bred by a corkman as well, Edmund Coleman. And I mean, earlier in the week we saw Davey Russell, Paul Town, and in Coleman, Gavin Sheen, all corkmen riding winners. They're like, um, you're from there, Mallow, like Donal Rail, Buttervent. It's weird all again like steeple chasing, isn't it? The home of jump racing.
1: The home of jump racing is true. Yeah, first steeplechase from uh, was it and to Donal Rail or, or vice versa?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, well, that story over here. I can't, I I come from the place where it was where it was invented. I tell them. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's um. I suppose when when you figure I'm on the other side of the world, um, the impact uh, a small county in Ireland has had on on, on horse racing is. Uh, yes. Pretty impressive, and something to be proud of. As I, I, I suppose, in one sense, i say, yeah.
0: It sure is. Um, away from racing for a while, do you play golf? Do you run? What do you do?
1: Yeah, I, I am I suppose I, I, I thought you already I do a lot of training, fitness training and um yeah, I go running a lot, do a lot of biking. Um just trail trail riding. I, I don't go cycling on the roads. I I don't have the heart for it to be honest with you. I know I'm a jump jockey, but cycling on the roads with these fellas flying past you in the cars and honking the horns to, like I I just don't enjoy it. So I go off on the the bike trails there um there's a there's an old railway trail here called the NCR trail. And uh, I could do twenty or thirty miles um, every few days, and a nice old, nice old getaway. It is like a uh, like a bit of meditation, also getting away from life. Um, so, and I do a bit of running, um, Pilates. Obviously, that's all part of my uh, my, my my fitness routine. And um, outside of that, so I'll play play a bit of golf. I like to play a bit of golf. Um, I don't always get to play as much as I want to play. Right. But, uh, that's not a bad thing because that means I'm busy at work. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I love I love golf and uh, I love watching any sport really and and uh, TV. I'm a massive uh, boxing fan. My, my father's uh, he gave me the the bug for that. My father's a huge uh, um, boxing fan and um, the MMA then as well. The the MMA have a huge interest in that also. But um, I used to do that training, boxing training and MMA training. But um, that was all prior to the, the head injury in, in 2017. So when I when I had to give that up, stop getting punched in the head, it wasn't a good idea. <laughs>
0: of course, yes. Um so like it sounds like you love to keep fit there, but it sounds like sports science, strength, and conditioning has really moved into the racing scene for jockeys over the last kind of decade. Would that be fair?
1: Definitely, definitely, Jordan. And and and, and rightly so. I mean, because at the end of the day like we are sports people we are athletes i mean whether you like to think of it or not if you want to be good at it um yeah you have to be an athlete to some degree uh, i i know myself and i personally i was never good enough to <laughs> to be able to go out there and half arse it like um and uh not concentrate on it uh i was always somebody that had, to, that had to work as um firstly uh my riding ability i definitely had to work on that um still that's still a work in progress, but um, I always had to work on uh, on my my fitness. Um, is a huge thing. Um, so so strength and agility and all all those things the riders are doing now. You can see the the top riders all over the world. They're um, they're all supreme athletes, and uh, I think if you want to be successful in any sport, um, you'd be you'd be foolish not to, to concentrate and uh, uh, on keeping fit um and being the best athlete you can be.
0: What's next for you? So will like, I mean, you sound like you're still hungry to achieve more, win more big races. Um, what what are your targets? I suppose for the, for the rest of the year?
1: Um, that's a massive, <laughs> that's the million dollar question. No, Jordan, because I mean, at the moment, we don't even have a target. We don't even have a, I I don't know if we have a definite race meet or, you know, it's, it's just yeah. also the air, but let me, I, I, I'll answer that question for you from two weeks ago. Okay. Um, we were heading into a race season where I was loaded with probably the best um, stable horses I've uh, had uh, as a rider uh, to look forward to for a season. Um, you know, uh, We spoke about Snap Decision. He's the champion novice hurdler from uh, the US from last season. Um, he, he was there for me to ride. Um, another horse called uh, new no Member. I won a stakes race on him in Saratoga um, two years ago. Uh, he went on then and, and, and ran in his first grade one he finished second in that he was coming back off off an injury um, I had him to look forward to um, another horse a really nice Giants Causeway horse that they won on last autumn I called Brian Best Cookies uh, he, I mean I looked at him as he was probably going to be the champion novice for this season and um, the boss man taught me two weeks ago that uh, I was going to be the lucky man to pick up the the reins on footpad this season so
0: Excellent. I was going to ask about him. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so with that said, like, yeah, I was looking forward to a massive season. Um, I was probably in the best shape. I know it's all easy to go, uh, well and easy to say it. No, like, but I was in the best shape I, I have been probably ever as a rider, fitness-wise, mentally, and uh, and and for that reason, uh, Jordan, because um, I've been, uh, you know, an unbelievable amount of ammunition to to go to war. with this this spring and and this season, and uh, I was really looking forward to it. Um, but I mean that's all changed, no. So um, I mean goals I was probably starting definitely going into the season thinking um I wanted to have another go at being champion jockey this year. And I would say before I retire, whenever that be three to four years down the road, um, yeah, I want to be champion jockey and I wanna take a stack of grade one races with me and I believe I'm in a position that can do that now with uh horses like Snap Decision and uh and foot to ride um I mean, you can't ask for better than those. So, yeah, yeah, my ho- hopes are, are very high. And um, y- y- look, everybody's life has been turned upside down by by the coronavirus, or as uh, Donald Trump calls it, the the Chinese disease. I um, my life is being turned upside down because I had all that to look forward to, and and you can imagine, um, as a jockey, I mean, I feel like this, yeah, this is definitely the best. Um. Stable of horses I've had to look forward to, and this is where my whole season has, or my whole career is built up to this. This is the high point right here, yeah. um. So that's kind of gone for now, and I could, I could feel very disappointed about it. Um, I could, uh, um, you know, everybody facing the same situation, same problems. Their lives are all turned upside on. Um, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself because I can still get out of bed in the morning, right? Your health is your wealth. Yes. And. The most important positive out of all of this happening now is that you know people distancing themselves and, and and following all the protocols, whatever you know the world governments are giving. Um, that this thing will all go away, Jordan, and and it'll go away quickly, and they'll have a vaccine for us soon, and uh, and that'll be the biggest positive for for me. Um, and I, I'm not going to worry about um, you know the negatives, uh, the positives, and I can still get out of bed and go out to work in the morning. So I still have a job. So, yeah. I'm. I'm not feeling sorry for myself, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the racing starting up whenever it does start up because uh, we got some good ammunition to go out to with.
0: Yeah, I was lucky enough to be in Cheltenham uh, the year Footpad won the ARC, and, like, and um, I was standing on the rail watching him, and uh, it blew me away. Like he's probably the most impressive winner of the meeting for me. Like, um, have you set on him already since he came over to the States? And
1: yeah, yeah, I actually rode him out this morning. We we went for a jog around the woods. That's all we're doing at the moment now because. Um, like I said here, we we had the horses like that's kind of so peculiar for us now as well. We had the horses two weeks after racing, like um like a stable of 35 horses ready to run.
0: Yeah.
1: And um now we're back jogging them around the woods. Like so we've had to make a a big transition in the training to backing it off a little step for them. Um because you know like I said here we don't really have a have a definite target for for when racing will happen and um. So they're all um jogging in the woods now and uh just, just just taking it easy, keeping them um somewhat fit. And uh if we do get a go ahead at some point, uh hopefully we'll just be a few weeks off off getting them back up to race fitness then again. But um desperate foot pad's at now at the moment, he's he he definitely does feel, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like he feels different to sit on than than a normal horse. Um he's just got massive, powerful walk on him. Um he just feels like a you know, he feels like a neck equine machine, like he he feels strong, uh, he's very powerful and um he's got a massive, you know, a big stride on him. He he just does he, he, if you had a a box ticking competition, you know, he'd he'd take them all. He'd take them all and his race record uh that's I mean pretty impeccable also. Um we're very lucky to have one of you know one of the European superstars, and he definitely was you know there for a while. He he was one of the superstars over there. We're very lucky to have a horse like him, and uh, I'm very lucky to get to ride him out every day, and uh, lucky to hopefully steer the, steer the reins when he gets on the on the racetrack over here. That's something to really look forward to. So that's yeah. that's what I'm doing. At the moment. No, I'm jogging around the woods, and and I'm thinking about when we will be running, and uh, that's um, that's what's keeping me going now at the moment, but. Um, yeah. yeah he's he feels he feels different and he's uh he like a, a really fast fast sports can <laughs> i'm yeah, sure that's... ruby would say the same about him
0: <laughs> absolutely that would keep you dreaming i suppose if, if racing is, is cancelled for the next couple of months um like people at home though who have more time in their hands if they're off work they're missing sport are there books or movies or series that you'd recommend that you enjoyed recently or that have had an impact on your your career your life would you say well
1: um, that's a good question no because um i suppose i like watching um you know i don't watch a, a, a an awful a lot of, of of regular TV or TV shows or or anything like that but um I watch a good podcast on um on, on youtube uh, it's uh, called hot boxing and ah, yes, mike the host, tyson. yeah the horse is mike tyson and um the other guy's name escapes me you now, but the, the, there's two of them. Man, he's a uh, uh, he used to play American football, and he's he's kind of on their podcast to kind of keep the keep the, the lip chain on uh, on Mike, just in case he, he loses the run of himself. But I actually find that uh, very interesting. They get some very interesting guests on it, and uh, so I, I like watching that, and um, I kind of pick up a lot. I think it's very interesting to see someone like Mike Tyson, who you remember back in the day as being this like animal like this you know most dangerous man on the planet yeah. just to see how he's changed as a person and hear him talking about um, when he was an athlete himself and even though it's completely different sport um, I think um, as a rider I, I can pick up a lot of you know tips from him about how he used to conduct himself and lessons that he learned and uh, training methods, um, you know, I I need the top athletes. I I think if you listen to, you know, any podcasts, uh, you you can pick up a lot by listening to any of the top athletes in, in in their own respective sports and and maybe adapt it to your own sport in some way or or some way in your training. Um, but uh, I'd say yeah, the hot boxing. I, I like watching those. Some very interesting people get to under. Michael Buffer was on it, and they had Snoop Dogg, and I think they put on one yesterday with Eminem. Um, uh, Evander Holyfield, his art rival was on it. Uh, Tyson, yeah. he, the new world, you know, world champion boxer. Is on, um, He's got, he's got the best guests on it. And, uh, it's great to see their interaction with one another, how they kind of let their hair down, uh, around each other. And, and some great stories on it. He talks about when he was in prison. Um, that was one of those episodes. I think it might be the Michael Buffer one. Uh, Mike talks about when he was in prison. And, um, you know, um, one of the Cray brothers used to write them when he was in prison, Reggie Cray.
0: Right.
1: Used to write them when he was in prison. They're great stories, like, great stories and learn a lot about um, his younger life, which was crazy.
0: But, um, yeah,
1: I'd recommend that, hot boxing.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a great uh, podcast. I've heard a few. i heard the Evander Hollyfield episode. It was fascinating. Um, Have you, watched,
1: you haven't watched any? The which? Have you watched any of those yourself?
0: I have the Evander Holyfield one. I really enjoyed that one and the Tyson Fury one. I thought they were brilliant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just search them more. There's some there's some really good ones on it. Um like I said, they're very interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um that's about it, Willie. Really. I think um I suppose for the next week or two or three or four you don't really know what you're doing like, so there's no point in asking you what your plans are, but just you're taking it day by day, I guess. And you'll be you'll be riding our horses anyway, whatever whatever else happens.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. We can keep we we, we can keep doing that for now, anyway. Um, but I mean, if we, uh, God forbid, if, if if it keeps escalating and getting worse, I mean, I, I heard um, something on the news yesterday. I mean, if it keeps escalating at a, at a rise of thirty percent, which 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 wins thirty percent debts on the day previous, um, that in two weeks there could be over half a million people dead from it. Like so, I mean, if we're getting the situation like that. I think racing is going to be called everywhere and then, I mean, God only knows what's going to happen then, but I hope that doesn't happen. And yeah. I hope that people, you know, listen to the governments and, um, you know, listen to the protocols and follow them as, uh, as best they can. And uh, hopefully this will all go to bed soon and they'll find a vaccine for it and we'll be able to get back to living normal lives as soon as possible as soon as possible and i speak for myself and, and, and i know you're the same like because it affects everybody in, in their own respective industries Um, it really it just affects the whole world the whole world has been turned upside down by it so fingers crossed um it'll all go away really soon please go
0: ahead. yes fingers crossed um well thanks a minute. you've been very generous with your time and i really enjoyed the chat uh today very interesting stuff indeed and best of luck for when the season does resume anyway
1: Oh, sorry, no, I didn't burn the ears off you for, for too long. I, I, can, I can start rambling on there now, Jordan. <laughs>
0: no better, no,
1: I Rambling on. So, no, um, it was a pleasure to come on and uh, put a, a face to the voice. And uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. And keep spreading the good word about the horse racing and keep following, telling all the listeners about the Cork Jockeys. We're, uh, we're flying the flag all over the world, Jordan. Up the Rebels. <laughs>
0: On that note. Well, thanks a million.
1: not a barra, Jared. God bless. Talk to you soon.